You're listening to the World Changers in Tech podcast. We get to know and tell the stories of inspiring digital players and how they're impacting the world with their digital solutions. The World Changers in Tech podcast. We have with us Jan von Union Investment. He is the head of sustainability. Welcome, Jan, to the show. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me. So, Jan, you're the head of sustainability at Union Invest. Could you tell us how, what was your path like to getting to that position? Yeah, that's correct. I kind of um, grew into it. Um, basically, I started after school, after I came out of school with a training program at a bank here in Hamburg. And um, afterwards, I studied management and graduated with an MBA. I did it in Mexico and the United States. And then I've been several years in, the, in different positions in the finance sector and the last position was in international corporate banking and investment banking and then somehow because I came from the north and everything else was in the south or mid of Germany I was said to my wife I want to come back one day to the north since my family is located here in Hamburg and then this opportunity came around and I was invited to a, to a job interview at Union Investment which was first not head of sustainability it was more like um, head of a department who was in charge for um, business development and strategy basically what all over and not just sustainability and then I grew into the position and uh, I became head of sustainability. Did you grow into the position because there was sh a shift in company culture? So was it something that was a new topic at Union Invest or had it been around for a while that you guys had a sustainability branch? No, it was already around for a while. It came to our company when um, Dr. Kutcher, when he came to the Union Investment in 2007, he um, decided that sustainability is a topic for the future and you have to deal with it. And well, he set it up within the company and they started um, collecting data and publishing their first um, CSR report in 2009, I believe it was. And so it was always been in the company and it's also, um, I'd say, in the DNA of Union Investment because of the um, special uh, company type and um, it was always there and there were people already in charge with it but a year ago i think it was a one and a half year ago um, years ago they decided that sustainability um, had to be separated from the rest and um, we'll have to deal with it more and work more closely um, with asset management and investment management together and to deal with the topic because it was not just a hygiene factor anymore in the real estate sector it became more regulated and we see it also today that it's really regulated topic And that's how it, how I grew into it. Oh, that's wonderful. So that means that's almost, it marks 10 years at least that uh, you've been working on sustain, or not you, but Union Invest has been working on sustainability. Do you see a huge growth? So because you just also said that it, it kind of went into its own department. Yeah. Um, yes, um, I think, uh, no, I know that it's... Um, It's, it's grown in the real estate sector um, by now a lot. Back then, it was more like a marketing aspect, I'd say, because everybody had to deal with it and all this, these green building certificates came around and um, they had to find a way to tell the um, investors what really is sustainable in the real estate sector. And not to uh, be too um, picky, I'd say that back then it was just to have something in uh, the basket to tell the people what green or what sustainable is in the real estate sector and it was more like shiny pictures and everything and so you could tell something about how good your portfolio is and nowadays you really have to um, tell people um, what really is sustainability and how your sustainable products are because um, even within the society the the topic is more rising and everybody's talking about um, everybody knows uh, about Greta Thunberg and could say whatever you want about her but um, Um, the topic is there and you have to deal with it and we have to face the and solve the problem of the climate risk so therefore i'd say it's grown a lot even within this year 
there came up a lot of regulations, even in the countries such as the United States, where you wouldn't expect that there will be a law uh, regarding or depending on climate risks. So uh, it's done a lot in the real estate industry sector. So just to back up a little bit for international listeners, I actually didn't ask you yet uh, if you could tell us what is Union Investment? Yes, I can, of course. Uh, Union Investment is real estate uh, or it's an asset manager, basically. Um, our headquarters is in uh, mid-Germany in Frankfurt, a mine, uh, and um, they deal with uh, stocks and, of course, um, real estate assets. And um, the, re- the whole real estate segment is located in Hamburg. We have about 40 billion euros of uh, fund uh, or asset as a manage- assets under management within a portfolio and roughly about um, uh, 350 properties worldwide, and we invest into 23 different countries worldwide. So it's quite challenging to be always ahead of all the regulations and all the topics within all the different countries. And our investors come from the one perspective from the private sector and from another perspective from the institutional sector, such as churches, pension funds, yeah, you name it. Well, that's amazing because it actually shows the magnitude of impact that Union Investment has and that you have the responsibility you have when it comes to, you know, um, creating different solutions for, for buildings and Vivo uh, article, which if some don't know, it's kind of like The Economist. The Vivo article highlighted that you're responsible for administrating 32 billion euros worth of, of property in terms of pushing that uh, to becoming more efficient or green, um, energy efficient and green. How do you start planning a strategy knowing this? Yeah, first of all, and I bet you're happy that I'm about to say that, it's all about data. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There used to be a guy uh, in New York who said, if you can measure it, you can manage it. And that's our our slogan um, through many years now. Um, So first first of all, we start with collecting data within the buildings because um, that's really true. If you don't really know what's uh, happening within the building, you can't really decide what to do about it and how to... um, optimize the building so therefore we always try to collect the data and um, until i'd say two years ago we collected it manually so we had a software who was collecting the data in these 23 different countries i just told you about in four languages it was german english french and spanish and um, as you can imagine there it was quite a lot of mistakes within that because about the functionality in different countries that United States, you make it point, another comma, ta, and um, all these these kind of mistakes who can happen, which can happen in, in data when they are done manually. Um, and on the other hand, it was just once a year, and there was a big of time lag until you had the final data, and you can report them in your reports internally and in a CSR report. So data, it's all about data, and you have to get the data first. Once you have the data, you can decide on a building level what to do in, within the building, and since properties are not that big of a problem because um, I'd say there's uh, quite a big standard already within new buildings and you will have to fulfill um, once you start building buildings or properties. The biggest problem will be within the already existing buildings. That's about 90% worldwide and you have to deal with because um, uh, we always say that 40% of um, the um, carbon emissions come from the real estate sector. So you will have to do something about the carbon emissions and um, within the already existing buildings. So it's basically all within a, uh, a strategy goes um, to ex- already existing buildings and to the tenants who um, work or live in the buildings and um, well deal with the property and use the property. So that's how you set up a strategy. You have to see what you have really in your portfolio um, 
and we uh, and to play with that as well we don't have let's say all mercedes's uh, in our portfolio um, we also have um, quite simple buildings in our portfolio so it's kind of hard to integrate uh, meters or sensors in the buildings and to really collect the data automatically so um, that's kind of hard to do within the building so that's the first thing we do get the data um, see what we have in a portfolio and then from there we start so when you say 40 percent carbon emissions just to get an idea does that mean like heat leakage from the buildings or what is what is that comprised of of these older buildings no the 40 percent is all the buildings worldwide and then you have to uh different phases you have the building phase and you have the the using phase and uh, the demolition phase as well so you have to keep all that in mind that's the 40 percent of emissions so it's not just um, the heating and everything but within already existing buildings the, the the biggest part will be also the heating and well the usage of the building so it's also water consumption and waste and um, heating and electricity these four um, kpis as we call them we collect within all these buildings okay so it's like it's the overall life cycle i guess of yes. the building of what it yes. encompasses what has been your uh, most favorite learning well my most favorite learning will be that you have to talk to the right people to really understand the building because for example when you are trying to rent out the building uh, usually you don't talk to the sustainability guy of the company who rents uh, the building or the, the part of the building so he just looks at um, well the, the the cheapest square meter price and how to get within the, in the building and how to get there. So uh, how how to travel there, how's the public transportation, everything, where the restaurants. And he doesn't look that much on sustainability. He likely sees if there's a certificate or um, um, yes something saying about uh, the greenish part. But that's about it, and he doesn't care about um, really optimizing the building or using the building the right way and doing something about the climate problem or the carbon problem. So um, for me, the learning is uh, finding the people who are responsible for um, sustainability within the companies who rent in our buildings. And as well, um, talking to people within the industry, just talk about the topic and um, start doing things because we talked so much and we saw so many pictures and definitions of sustainability. But as we already saw in Madrid uh, last week, um, we have to do something about the climate change. We have to act. I was actually going to ask you about the uh, climate talks in Madrid um, as head of sustainability. Is that something you follow? And were you a little disappointed by the outcome? Because apparently they didn't, <laughs> they didn't get very far. But how, how, does, how do you feel when you hear something like that, uh, if this is your business on a daily basis? Yeah, that's, quite a, uh, that's kind of devastating when you hear what's happening with the politics. But uh, to be honest, I didn't expect uh, the politics to decide something very new or um, uh, keep going and doing something about it. Um, so it, that's really devastating. And of course, I listen to the politics and what's happening in all the newspapers and um, what the society is saying and what's going on in the topic. So it's really interesting and very crucial for us to understand what's happening there. But on the other hand, nobody will, let's say, help us uh, dealing with the problem and solve the problem. So therefore, we have to um, start doing something about it. And that's why we decided our managed green strategy with already um, two years ago. Yeah, which basically exists or um, depends on three columns or three topics, you might say. Um, so it's energy and CO2 emissions or carbon emissions, which is basically the first column. The second column or aspect will be the ESG criteria. So it's um, environmental, social and governance criteria. And the third and not least, but in my opinion, even the most important part will be communication and sensitivity. 
conversation. So to keep talking to your stakeholders, engage them and report on how good you really are and what, what kind of actions you do. Because I think nobody will help you out of politics right now to deal with the problem. And sustainability or within the real estate sector, you have to start doing things early because it takes time to see the benefits out of it. Right. And that's something you just uh, mentioned was the manage your green strategy that you have. And I believe one of them is also that you came up with your own label. Can you tell us more about the label and how that came to be? <laughs> yeah, I can. Um, we saw, I already told you about the green uh, building certificates um, who are already out in the market. And um, we learned within the portfolio that the highest ratings or the highest building um, certificates don't tell us or we don't see that the buildings are on an energy performance level are also the highest performing properties. So um, we asked ourselves um, what's really about with these um, green certificates, uh, um, so building certificates. So is it really good to just deal with these certificates and um, to take actions from them and to see how you can solve the problem, how to fulfill the targets um, out of the climate change program of the Paris Protocol. And we saw that these certificates, is all, well, it depends on what kind of certificates you have. It's for new building certificate or for or existing buildings. But uh, no matter what, um, they don't tell you what to do in fulfilling the targets by 2030 or 2050. So we, in my opinion, were the first ones who um, talked about how can we deal with it and how can we really see on a portfolio level how good a portfolio is, not just for us to um, well um, talk about actions and uh, developing and uh, optimizing the buildings, but as well to tell the, the, the tenants and as well our investors how good the portfolio really is, because you can't really compare all the already existing building certificates. And as well, there, there are some special certificates, as I always say, um, growing within the market, such as WELL or, or um, Wired Score, which is basically on connectivity within the building. So um, you kind of get lost in all these certificates and they don't really tell you how, you can't compare them. You don't, they don't really tell you how good the buildings are. That's why we invented this new label, which is basically our own label right now, and just tells you in one number how good the building is in terms of fulfilling the targets uh, till the year 2030. So um, we know how we how good or how far we've come with our managed green strategies. It's just a, um, yeah, a target and how we could be fulfilled the targets. And we want to tell our investors and as well our tenants how good the buildings are. That's why we invented them. Yeah, actually, I, I saw the label as well and I thought it was visually very pleasing that you can see these different levels of how um, how great the building is performing so i thought that was really nice and uh do you see this is i think this is always interesting do you see that financially union investment has been performing better in parallel to having the sustainability action plan actually we kind of uh, tried to find out if that that was also a question for us if all these um work pull our requirements and is really good and is paying off um so far we, we can't really tell if it's ending in higher values of the buildings or if it's even holding the or existing value but we know uh, looking into the future that that it will help us and that that will be um, very crucial that you have this within your value chain so yeah to answer your questions we made a research on that um, if all this work is paying off um, within sustainability topics so we have our own department we have all the people working on that topic if it's really paying off and um, we made this research um, in 2014 and back then we didn't see already because we hadn't enough data and we hadn't enough um, data to isolate really to sustainability we haven't seen that it's uh, um, 
ending up in a higher value of a building or even so the, the value is stable. Um, but we know and we believe that um, you have to deal with the sustainability because in a long-term view, it will all pay off. And we see already in the market that um, tenants are asking for it. And even as I told you before, that the society is more and more interested in this topic and um, asking if you really are green or if you really are sustainable. So therefore we know that it's paying off. Yeah, but the value also hasn't gone down. So <laughs> yeah, that as well, uh, of course. Can, can you tell us of maybe one of your favorite projects where you could see kind of how when you an investment, maybe a building or something, what you guys did that was memorable and unique for you? Out of my mind, I would, I would talk about um, two different projects. One will be um, the energy monitoring system. Um, we made a pilot project in 2014 in Paris in four different properties um, installing energy monitoring systems just to um, who, uh, to tell people who are not that familiar with energy monitoring system what it is. It's um, basically you put in meters and sensors into the building and connect them to your technical equipment so you see where the user, usage come from, comes from in terms of uh, energy or water and um, heating and um, you get data every hour or even in a less period let's say every five minutes you collect data of your technical equipment and then you see where really are the the users or the usage comes from and in Paris back then we really um, were, got more energy efficient from up to 15 to 30 percent so we saved a lot of energy and a lot of um, water and heating and um, we saved up to 30% of carbon emissions um, and as well a lot of money which in my opinion was really really impressive and um, from that pilot project we decided to do that in all of our buildings and want to integrate uh, energy monitoring systems by the year 2023 in all of our buildings and 100% of our buildings and believe that it will help us to um, yeah, get at least very fast 30% uh, better in carbon emissions. So that will be one project. And the other one will be a development in, in Helsinki in Finland. When we decided to um, really communicate about our new label, the atmosphere label we just talked about, um, we had a look at a portfolio, um, what kind of property or building will be in our opinion or with our requirements, the most sustainable one. And um, as well, which which building will be already future-proof by the year 2050. And we had a really hard time, to be honest, to find one building who really um, fulfilled already the 2050 requirements. So then you get an idea how good really our portfolio is. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but luckily we found one building, uh, which is already a project in Helsinki uh, and then the, the tenant will be the government of um, Helsinki. And this building is already future-proof. It uses renewable energy, it's um, near zero emissions building, so, um, and it uses circular economy, so all which is built in the building you can use again or you can uh, put back into the value chain. It has a very good EPC rating. And uh, it uses um, rainwater, um, and as well, you can see that they don't care that much anymore about parking spaces. You only have, I think, about uh, 70 parking spaces there compared to 500 um, bicycle um, spaces. Um, so that building really is a future-proof building, and that was the first time when I saw, yeah, you can really build um, future-proof buildings right now, but there aren't so many on the market, and we need to get more of these buildings um, uh, to buy. And that's because we, as Union Investment, don't develop buildings usually. We just buy buildings, run buildings, and one day sell buildings. That's basically our value chain, and that's one of our 
well, biggest um, challenges. Yeah, I already talked to you um, to um, get sustainability within our existing buildings because we can't change the portfolio to the new building. That's wonderful. So it shows again that uh, even a little bit of data can get you very far. And if you have a lot of data, that means you can get even further. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I really like the word or the phrase future proof. I've actually never heard it before. So that's mm -hmm. that's super nice. When it comes to maybe combining these two things uh, that I was thinking of data and future proof, I'm, I'm sure there's two questions that come from this. The first one would be, is it difficult to always get the data? Because we are in the EU, we're, we are in Germany, we have this issue with data. Is there something that you wish you would see more from politics that would make some things easier? That would be the first question. Yeah, of course. Um, there are a lot of um, hassles to get the data from, especially the tenant data. In Germany, especially, or in Europe, there's this um, data protection by law that you're not allowed or you, you have to um, protect the private data of um, people. So it's really hard to get the tenant data and to really get them to give you the data they have because they don't understand why you need the data from them. Um, normally, they think that you want higher rate rents or um, yeah, you want uh, the see-through tenant so you, so you really know what, what, how he uses the building. But um, basically we want all the data of one building and we don't want to see what each tenant is doing. Um, we just want the sum of the whole building so we can, uh, from that we can um, uh, take actions from and to really do or optimize the building, do something about the carbon emissions. So therefore each year we ask all of our tenants, please give us, give us the data because we need the data in a whole sum, um, not just to fulfill our CSR report, but to really, um, yeah, just as I said, to measure the buildings and to really um, manage the buildings then. And that's really always a hard time because there is no law that they have to be integrated within all these sustainability process, you might call it. Um, so you have to do it on your own and you have to really um, tell them what's good for them or why they should give you the data. On the other hand, I can understand the tenants, why they're asking themselves, um, why should I give Union Investment my data? Because until now, they never got something back from us. They never got a special report, um, what they can do within the building to be more sustainable. Uh, we work on that. Um, actually, we have a, um, a working group um, discussing this topic. Um, but we have to be very careful about that because as well, as you can imagine, in Germany there's another law um, who uh, restricts you to really yeah, tell the tenants what kind of energy they can use, that they can use green energy and what kind of provider will be the best. Otherwise, you will um, uh, uh, come up in a trade tax, um, I think you call it, um, and you have to pay trade taxes for the funds. And on a fund level, as I told you, we have 14 billion assets under management. Um, there will be a big, quite a big sum because they are all um, open in, open investment funds in Germany. So the whole volume of money will um, result in the straight tax. So we're very very conscious that we don't touch that. And on the other hand, are, are allowed to talk with our tenants about sustainability. Which is unfortunate because you would think it's it's almost as though the private industry is far enough that they could do a lot, but then you know via some of the regulations you're uh, hemmed. Um, yeah. 
to 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 do some certain things. Um, yeah, there are a lot of regulations actually. That's, that's just those are just two. Um, there is another another regulation which uh, tells you not to use that much renewable energy, or we can't install a, a, a renewable energy or photovoltaic on our roofs um, to collect uh, uh, sun energy, because otherwise you will also end up in trade taxes because you're not allowed to produce energy because we're, our, our business model is only um, buying, running and selling buildings and not producing energy. And that's very sad because we need to have this option to really solve the climate change problem. So um, the politics have to do something about that as well. So let's hope for the future that those two two sides will definitely uh, come together because this is my next question. Talking about future proof, where would you like to see Union Investment uh, in five years in your future proof plan? One thing will be that we get automated data right away. You just push the button and get more data and you can see it right away in the report. So um, hopefully we fulfill our target and uh, have 100% uh, energy monitor systems in all of our portfolio buildings. On the on other hand, um, I'd likely see the first real, real sustainable product on the market in real estate. Um, that means that you have an investment fund which has exclusion criteria, which we already use, but which are more restricted um, in terms of what kind of tenants you have, or what kind of um, business you do with um, uh, companies. Then we have 100% green leases within a portfolio. We have um, very energy efficient buildings within the portfolio, um, meaning less than 100 um, kilowatt hours per square meter. We have rents who are gross rents uh, who include already the service ch service charges. So we don't have to talk about, um, well, try to save energy or um, consumption within your tenant area. We, we can do something about it as an investor and we don't have to ask the tenants to do it with us together. So um, that as well will be hopefully in five years we have more sustainable products on the market. And as well um, regarding uh, requirements or uh, regulations, hopefully I'd see more of them and as well more uh, loosened up regulations. If you say it like this, we, have, we are able to do more within uh, our products. And as well, I think uh, the investors want to see more sustainable products. They demand more sustainable buildings um, uh, in the products. And as well, um, as a tenant, they demand more sustainability within the buildings. That's what I believe will be already in five years because time is running so fast. Well, that's great because you sound like you have a foolproof plan for the next five years. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we fulfill it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to hold you to it now based on this wonderful uh, World Changes in Tech podcast. <laughs> yeah. Once um, in a year, you come over and ask me there, there we go. Uh, we do have, uh, so there is a PropTech Innovation Summit that Union yeah. Invest is doing. And one of the categories is actually smart and sustainable buildings. So it would make sense for me to ask the head of sustainability what what startup would tickle your fancy we already know that we need more innovations to really fulfill the requirements of the paris protocol so um we think that we aren't able right now technically to have um, carbon neutral buildings by the year 2050 we need more innovations so therefore i hopefully see more prop techs um, dealing with um, technical equipment or innovations and in technical equipment for existing buildings and um, processes how, how you run the building or or smart techniques how you can smarter run buildings because 
as I told you, in new buildings, we usually have a high standard. So hopefully I see more of that in the PropTech Innovation Award or Summit. And um, hopefully um, they understand us that we don't have these shiny, already very smart technical buildings. And we come from a very more simpler um, properties. So they um, also have solutions for these kind of buildings and not just the, the high standard buildings. Wonderful. With that, I'm going to say thank you very much, Jan, for giving us a deep insight into your strategies at Union Investment for the future. You're very welcome, Anna. And uh, if you had one household tip that everyone should follow at home. Well, that's the very basic one. You can always start with yourself. <laughs> that's what everybody's telling you. But that's what I learned for me as well, um, being in charge of Head of Sustainability. I, my life really, it sounds kind of cheesy, but my life really changed a bit. And um, even in my way of life, I decide now, or I ask myself, do I really need to fly? Do I really need to have uh, this or that? Or do I need a new television? Um, well, all these kind of questions I ask myself and I didn't do it before that I had this job and deal with the topic of sustainability. So it always starts with yourself. And um, yeah, everybody can do something about it, even in small steps. And I think it all uh, results in a big, um, uh, very good um, solution, hopefully. And um, never stop talking about sustainability because it will be our topic for the next at least 25, 30 years. Let's see what we can do about it. All right. And just for fun, we have one little quick game. I call it the rapid fire. I am just going to say 10 words or a question. Okay. And you just say what you think off the top of your head. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Germany. Tries to be ahead of sustainability, but has a lot of uh, homework to do still. Favorite tree. Oh, that might be a magnolia tree because I like the flowers in the spring. Data. Um, always, you can't have enough of them, but I don't believe that um, you can get um, money out of data. You have to always have specialists to really deal with the data and to make the data smart or really talk to you. Favorite drink? Uh, mojito. Favorite tech gadget? That's quite lame, actually. iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite vegetable? Vegetable, oh my God. Broccoli. <laughs> favorite favorite animal? Um, dog. I have one. <laughs> Electric vehicles? Um, I like, but they won't solve our problem. Buildings? Very interesting and um, are also different. Favorite sport? Swimming and running. Wonderful. So from Berlin to you in Hamburg, Jan, we want to say thank you again. And we'll see you soon, actually, at our upcoming meetup on the 28th of January, where we will yeah, be talking. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to be talking about prop tech and sustainability. So remember to keep that, put that in your date book. And we will talk with each other again soon. Thank you very much, Jan, for this podcast here at World Changes in Tech. Thank you, Anna. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Don't forget to get in touch, stay in touch, and join our newsletter to stay up to date with your hashtag World Changes in Tech event series and all the other great goodies we German Tech have to offer. You can sign up at www.german.tech. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you guys there.